Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, good evening. Uh, this is uh, Winchester Radio. It's our podcast, uh, the second one of the seventh season. Uh, tonight, uh, we are not going to be taking any guest call-ins because we have a very special guest, uh, Director Guy B, who directed the episode last night titled "Hello, Cool World," and it was an awesome, amazing episode. And we can't wait to talk about it. So. Uh, say say hi, Guy, and, and let's get started talking about a fantastic episode. I'm here, Claire. Hello, Jackson everybody. Here, Vinny's here. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, where do you want to start, Guy? Just just sort of an overall little discussion of, um, of the episode and how you got started on uh, thinking about it and where you started at the very beginning, or you want questions from us, or... Uh, yeah, I mean, questions are always good. Um, wait, I'm, I'm starting to send a tweet right now. Hold on. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> um, no, we, we were talking a little bit before uh, we went on the air live, uh, you know, that, you know, when I when it, you, know, you get these scripts and it's it's sort of like uh, luck of the draw or like going the, you know, winning the lottery, it's, you kind of, you're assigned, a, when you get assigned an episode, you get assigned a script and a writer and you really don't have much choice over that. And, uh so I knew I was going to do one of the early ones, and so um, and I knew it was going to be the part two to what traditionally had been. And because the fans had told me this, you know, most of the uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that a lot of a lot of the um, in the past the season premieres were sort of like big two parters. So I knew it was going to be the second half of a two parter. So um, I knew there was going to be a lot of you know heavy stuff being laid on the audience. So when I opened the script and you know on page two it said Lucifer, you know, has. Sam up against the wall, you know, squeezing the life out of him with his hand around his throat. You know, and I, I'm old friends with Mark Pellegrino from a variety of projects, and, and you know, I've directed him before and worked with him as a cameraman. So that was really exciting. So um, it's great. I mean, you know, for me, for me, um, when I when I look at the cast list and it's actors that I li- either like and or have worked with before, that's always a good thing. And I had met Kim Rhodes, and uh, you know, we just sort of casually knew who each other were, and then we started talking via Twitter and. And then when we find when I finally met her, you know, her first day of shooting, it's like we were old friends, and you know, we had the same evil sense of humor. So um, her and I got along great. And then when I was just up here doing Secret Circle, she was up back up here, and uh, we met for dinner and lunch uh, and drinks, and uh, it was it was fun to now see. Now I have another actor in my repertory company of people that I like to work with. But anyway, so uh, yeah, good script, and uh, I was excited because I'm I'm a Ben Anlid fan like everyone else. So uh, it was that was a good happy surprise. Because uh, you had two huge things in this episode. You had the the possible farewell of Castiel and Misha, and yep. then you had more of Sam's wall coming down and finding out about Lucifer, whether he's actually there or whatever. So those are two huge things. So this was a very big episode. All right. Yeah, well, this, you know, the first thing after I finished, re- you know, reading it, when we got to the end, and it says, you know, that Bobby's house is burnt to a crisp, and is Bobby in it or not? We don't know. And uh, and also, you know, right the first five ten minutes of the of the movie, Misha, or, you know, Castiel's character kind of melts down into black ooze and you know into the water system. 
I was like, man, everyone's going to hate me. I mean, I'm going to be the person responsible for the episode that takes out, you know, the longest standing set, Bobby's house, and, you know, like the the home that the boys have, you know, relied on for five years now, six years maybe, and also, uh, you know, Castile's character. But it's supernatural, so, uh, and I not that I know anything, too much, but uh, nobody ever really dies, and no, and anybody can come back at any time, and including sets, including vehicles, including you know beloved characters. So, um, yeah, so that, it, it was fun knowing that you know we could get to explore some of that stuff again, where you know Sam's sanity and uh, and also just you know the, the the what these new big bads are that will. I believe set it set the uh, tone for the rest of the season on what they're going to be up against for 23 episodes. So that was fun to kind of introduce that. Um, you know, when I got when I got the script, they had already cast Benito and um, Cameron, who played um, Dr. Gaines and, and Edgar, who was you know, and Benito a lot of people know from The Shield. And Cameron, mm-hmm. I believe, is based up in, up here, but has worked you know all over the all over the, you know the U.S. and America and Canada. And uh, so they had already been cast because they had to appear in episode 703, which of course was shot as 701, which you guys will see next week, which you know, Jensen directed. So those guys were already established, but they, uh, the extent to which they work in that episode, I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody discover on for, you know next Friday. Um, so I already had those guys in place, but it was neat to like explore what these leviathans are. What you know, what what do they do? How do they do it? Can they really get into the body of a, a sweet, innocent little 11-year-old girl trying to get a drink at, you know, at, at the park out of a water fountain, and a guy just trying to work on his uh, Coronet 500 in his uh, in his garage, you know? And I, you know, that's kind of the fun thing is that they can kind of go anywhere they want, where, where however they want, and they use the water system at least at and at, at the beginning by uh, by by uh, showing up through the through the water system. So that was that was fun. It was good stuff in that script. Was the use of black water um, already scripted, or was that something that you chose? The use of what? What was that? For the Doobie Brothers. Oh, that was in the script. It was. It was absolutely in the script, and it was. You know, I love stuff like that where it's you know it's right on the nose because you know we're talking about black water, and a song called Black Water starts up. So. um yeah, I love the, the fact, you know, that, and I, I was pretty sure we we're going to keep it. A lot of times you put a song in temporarily and, um, you know, gets down to it and it's either too expensive or, you know, they, they go with another song. So I knew if, when it was in the script that pretty much we were going to buy that song. And plus, the, the show's known for these great classic rock songs. So, um, you know, and it was, it was written that way where as the boys leave, um, you know, the, the side of the, of the lake there, that it starts up and it, and it plays through a montage of, you know, this woman filling a pitcher and a high school cheerleaders having a car wash. And it eventually shows up in the, um, in the, uh, you know, the, the, the garage of a, of a guy working on his muscle car. And, uh, and so, you know, we see, we see how it went through the water system that quick and how it infected these, these people, including a little girl taking the, the drink from the water fountain. Um, but yeah, so yeah, of course, being a classic rock fan, I was all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the name of the high school team was the Stockville Sharks. So everything, there's right. lots of little water references. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I thought everybody kind of knew what Easter eggs meant, but on Twitter some people were like, what's an Easter egg? But, yeah, you know, that's that's the fun stuff is like you read a script and you try – for me, I try and latch onto something that's not necessarily – in the script, but that I can go to, you know, my production designer, Jerry and Chris Cooper, the props guy. And so talk about, you know, 
putting it in the not every frame and not every scene, but you try and get some kind of reference to water. Um, we did that with the use of a uh, saline bag. Um, in the big warehouse, there's pools of water. Um, there's a bunch of them in there. If you watch the show again, there's, there's, uh, a few, you know, and they're not, they're not in there that where they, they, they take you out of the scene because that never is what, you know, that you, you've lost the audience if they're, if they notice well, why is that giant bottle of water in the foreground? So you don't try and shoehorn in that bad. But the other thing was that was easy to do with, um, production design and costumes was uh light blue I mean, we, from right from the beginning i said the 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 high school it was called out in the script the high school swim team i said swim team okay that's great well that's water so we're going to have them come into their locker room and there'll be a shower um let's put them in light blue and let's call them something you know whether it's the um you know the marlins or whatever the sharks so once you get that going you know that sort of that now now we have a, you know uh a reference to what the Stockville Sharks are. And so um, there was other things like with the, the original car we wanted to drop on Benito was a, um, a Plymouth Cuda and uh, we had it all lined up. And then when they, when they went to get it, it was so rusted that it fell apart. So my, so because a Cuda is a Barracuda, um, which is a fish that swims in water. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we ended up getting a, uh, yeah, exactly. So we, uh, and, yeah, and very, you know, like when you see the Leviathans open their mouths, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, you know, fishy looking face. Um, but so what, what Jeff was able to get me instead was a Dodge Demon and, you know, demons are a cool motif ah. for our show. So, so, so the car is a Dodge Demon, but anyway, if you, if you watch it again, just look for references to water and, and, um, the other cool Easter egg we put in there was when, when, um, Lucifer, who we think, is, who Sam thinks is Dean, leads him to that office building with the people working in it at night. When they go through the door and he opens the door right into the camera, it says uh, Morningstar Enterprises or something like that, which Morningstar is also another name for Lucifer. Um, so, you know, there's little things like that that, you know, they're, we don't spend much time on them. We don't, you know, you know, force it down the audience's throat, but they're there if you, uh, if you, if you mm-hmm. watch very carefully. And I love, I love doing that because it's it it it's simple it's easy it's usually pretty free you know it doesn't cost extra money to do these kind of things it's uh and 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 uh it it it, gives, it makes it for for me a more fun directing experience and hopefully the audience enjoys watching it you know that much more and mm-hmm. in reference yeah. to that there was um margo tweeted to us um earlier today a screen cap and she was wanting us to ask about the screen cap it's um as castiel is leaving the lab. Um, oh, I saw that. I saw that. There's a bottle of water. Yeah, I was to know if that was one of these things. No, I think that is a classic movie gaff or screw up. And here, here, and not that I'm defending myself, but I didn't shoot that scene because the way it's scheduled out, the the Phil's last scene, you know, the the part where we realize that, you know, his last scene of of 701. Well, we realize that, you know, he throws the boys or throws Jen, he throws Jensen and, you know, Sam's characters are, or Sam is off getting the blood from another, you know, from that little uh, room down the hall. It just scheduled out where it's a direct cut, direct continuation of what effectively was the first page in the first scene of my episode. So, you know, you know, Phil just shot it for me. And we often do that. I mean, there's I, I shot a couple things for Jensen's episode, and then I actually shot a couple things for Phil that we needed 
after Phil finished shooting, there was a couple shots they needed because Misha got very sick when they were doing that scene with all the, the goo and all that. He, he got sick and he had to leave. And so there was like four shots that they didn't get. So that that's typical in episodic. You, know, you, you shoot scenes for other you know directors. It's mostly for scheduling because they were going to get rid of that set. So, um, so yeah, I think I saw that picture and I think that's just a water bottle that was probably there for, you know, some one of the one of the cast and uh, it just got in the shot um, happens and uh, I didn't notice it until I saw some, you know I saw that picture so a uh, good catch <laughs> that's an inadvertent water reference <laughs> <laughs> and again going with the water when Castiel when he's walking into the lake it looks was it looks kind of like you know an old time baptism you know was it shot that way on purpose or. Um, I think it was it was scripted that he he slowly goes in and he he raises his arms or he pulls takes his arms out to the side, which is a little a little religious symbolism. I can't remember how how called out that was, but uh, Misha and I felt like that was the right thing. And I, I remember um, I was talking to somebody when we I can't I can't remember if it was before right before or right after, but. I just happened to be watching on TV. They had a rerun of like the classic 1950s um, the Creature from the Black Lagoon on you know whatever my my TV in the hotel here or the apartment. And there was some there was some shots of the creature going into the water, and that's the way he would go in real slow, real methodic, and like put his arms out to the side. And so it was kind of funny. I, maybe it was Misha that said I I saw this you know, and I said I saw the same thing. Isn't that weird? So um, yeah, I mean I don't think it was. You know, we didn't. You know, we didn't do like the full-on Jesus Christ pose with us. You know, but I mean, I guess you know, it's it's a religious symbol, or you know, um, and it's like, I, you know, the baptism all makes sense. Um, he's trying to, you know, literally um, get these evil things out of his system, or or whatever, you know, or just just melt. Um, but yeah, so there's there's another water reference right there, a giant lake. Mm-hmm. Um, about that scene. About that scene um, um, when it's over and uh, the trench coat sort of washes up on the shore, and of right. course that trench coat's very symbolic of, of Castile. And I I like very much how Dean takes it out of the water and sort of carefully folds it up, and then he kind of gives right. it a, a squeeze, you know, like this is this is my friend and this is all that's left. I thought that was a beautiful scene, and I. I, it made me it made me all teary eyed, and I don't think I'm the only one. It, it really meant a lot. That was a beautiful scene. Yeah, I mean, it was scripted that the the coat washes up, but um, it, but that was it. And so I think you know, just over the course of talking with Sarah and you know tone meetings or whatever, I said, you know, Jensen will fish it out, or you know, Dean will fish it out. It, should he leave it? Should he take it? Should and so um, we never really were clear on it. So the morning we got there to shoot that, I said to Jensen, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we have any, you know, like strict rules on what we need, what we're going to do with this code. I said, but what, what seems to me like, you know, when they when they fold up a flag at a soldier's funeral, they kind of there's a specific way they fold it. And um, and then he goes, I, I would take it with me. I'd put it in the trunk of the of, of the car, and you know, I t- I'll take it because it's silly for me to leave. I wouldn't leave it. And so we agreed on that. And then sort of folding it up like a military flag didn't really kind of work because that thing was about six, you know, 60 pounds soaking wet. So just kind of the way he rolled it. And, and, uh, 
seemed to work great, and uh, and yeah, he takes it with him. So uh, yeah, that was that was something that was it was a little nebulous in the script, but uh, that's what we we all kind of agreed on, and and uh, yeah, I thought it worked well. That was a, that was a good tearjerker moment. I think it effectively that it was a floppy fold because it kind of conveyed the emotion of it better instead of it being such a precise fold. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's it. it. That was the idea. Like, I just put that, I just gave that idea to Jensen that, you know, like the respectfully, there's a certain specific way they fold up. And, you know, they basically make a triangle out of it when they, you know, at a soldier's funeral, the, 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 the flag that's, that's draped over the coffin is folded up a certain way and given to the widow, et cetera. And I said, you know, I, we should do something along that line, you know, along those lines. And then, so that's sort of what, you know, Jensen, how Jensen interpreted it. And, you know, it felt right at the time. And, uh, that's that's what you get in the show. It came across as a great balance between like reverence and angst. Really nice balance. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the sort of the the line he says, um, he always call it, you know, you dumb son of a bitch, because it's like, you know, I warned you, I told you, I warned you, I liked you, you were my friend, and 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 uh, and you didn't listen to me. So um, so you know, there's a little bit of, bit of all those things going on right at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some more guilt for Dean because he doesn't have enough already that he. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, classic screenwriting is you you completely always have, you know put your heroes up a tree and throw rocks at them, um, you know, and 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 conflict is drama. So without the sort of the mm-hmm. class and you know, and if there's one thing that this this the show and and the writers have done well for seven seasons now, six and a half seasons, is that very thing. You know, they always keep us on the edge of our seats. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I, it's it's the most fun stuff for me to direct. So it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I have to say, one of the little things that I thought was really a little, a nice little touch was when, Sam was first waking up on the couch, and you hear you hear Lucifer's voice first, and yep. and, and then as Dean's, and then it turns, you know, it's Dean waking him up. I love that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, well, it's funny it was scripted that way, and then you know I had Mark there obviously because he's sitting across on Bobby's desk saying, "Oh, he's going to help you, little hand," or whatever he says to him. So I said we should do a version where Mark wakes him up, and then do a version where. Jensen wakes him up, and then we, in the editing room, we could figure out if we just want to do his voiceover, or we want to actually have a shot of of Mark leaning over him, and then it, you know, he blinks his eyes, and it turns into Jensen. So, you know, as a director, you want to give yourself as many options as possible in the editing room. So it wasn't like we had to bring in Mark special for that; he was going to be there anyway. So, and um, and so that worked out well because, yeah, it scares you because you think, oh no, you know, this the shadowy figure. And we hear the voice of Lucifer, and of course, you know, it, it cuts to, it's just Dean trying to wake him up and, and give him a bottle of water, another water reference, which is in the script. Um, so, uh, yeah, that worked really well. And, you know, we knew we knew we had Mark to kind of pop around the room, and we wanted him to not be so formal. So that's why he's sitting on a desk. He's got his feet up on at Bobby's desk. He's in, that, in, the, in the scene where all four of them are in there, in the very next scene from that one, he's like... Like sitting like a duck on you know on the chair with the chair backwards. I mean, it was really kind of funny how we kind of made him kind of goofy, but you know, not not comfortable, but not like in a uh, relaxed, comfortable way. And a lot of people were uh, wanting to know what it was like to film, you know, 
the challenges of directing with Mark Pellegrino with his character appearing and disappearing and like Sam can see him and Dean and Bobby can't and yeah well you know that's the kind of thing where it's written and it's it's so eloquently written and it makes sense and then you go to you go to shoot it and you go shit I don't know where I want him to go does he is, should I have him over Sam's shoulder uh, should I have him over like so Sam's eye line is you know he sees Bobby he sees Dean and then there's a third eye line you know so it it's a, it's a it's always a challenge to direct that kind of stuff because it reads so well and you read it and everybody understands it but then you go well now okay now we're here we got to get this thing up on its feet and we got to shoot it and we got to commit to something quick because we got a lot of lighting and we got you know a finite amount of time to shoot it and and all the stuff in Bobby's house with him bouncing around that that's I remember that all went real simply but then it was the warehouse day, and I think I said something about this at the, at the Vancouver convention, that that's one of those scenes where I couldn't say anything about it at the time. But I didn't know what I, I was driving to work that day. It was the one scene that had bothered me through the whole prep because, you know, we had this – it was basically an empty warehouse. The nice thing was, you know, sir, we grabbed Serge, and we took him over there on the, one of our prep days, and so he uh, gave the, the uh, rigging electricians the uh, – um, sort of their, their marching orders, which was we want to hang these little china lamps and create these pools of light. Because we shot that during the day, so we we blacked out just tons of windows because it would have been, you know, screaming sunshine. Um, you know, so we started in the morning, and uh, and Jerry's team had brought in all this all those pallets and all the, you know, those pipes and all that stuff, the wooden crates, all that stuff. We, we, we you know, that was all our department. So... Once I got there that morning, I go, okay, this set is great. And I knew the one door he was going to come in. And so we had sort of a hero area where I, I needed him to land for lighting purposes. So I just kind of said to everybody, I got, you know, Mark and Jensen and Jared and, and anybody who listened to me, you know, we all got in a big circle. And I said, I'm not quite sure how I want to do this. But these are the high points. We know we're going to do the morph at the door where Jensen turns into Mark. We know, you know, Sam's going to shoot at him a certain amount of times. And we'll see. We'll see. Lucifer there, and then we'll do a version where he's not there. So I knew a lot of it was going to be created in the editing room. So, you know, just hopefully, you know, for me, your experience tells you I'm worried now, but if, as long as I get all these elements that I know I can figure it out when we start cutting it. And then once we got a big blocking, you know, the boys helped me out with it immensely because they were like, well, if we go here, then Mark could be there, and then that section. So once you get that laid out, you start lighting it, it all kind of makes sense, and you kind of know, okay, these are the, i got to shoot this, and then when I'm done with that, we'll do a version where we shoot this way. That's in particular, the, there was one fun thing that wasn't necessarily in the script where it was as um, Dean comes in, he you know, he pulls up, he goes through the door, and you see, you know, what appears to be Lucifer continuing to goad uh, Sam into killing himself by putting, you know, he's trying to get him to put the gun underneath his chin, or at least that's what, you know, I had Mark do with his fingers, pantomime that. And so he turns and, and faces Dean, who's now walking in and Mark's line was, Oh, look, another me. So, well, you know, I think when a couple days into prep, I said, you know, I got Jensen there already. I might as well have Jensen do that as well do a version with Mark doing it and do a version with Jensen doing it. And so that's what we did. And that's what ended up in the cut. Cause it was kind of like, we've seen him, we've seen already seen him morph into Lucifer. And now we think we know as an audience who the players are, that the real Dean just came in and all of a sudden you look and there's 
another dean saying, "Oh, look, another me." And it's, you know, just all that all that stuff to confuse the audience even more. So that worked out great, and I was uh, I was real happy with that. Again, now I look back, and that's probably my favorite scene in the whole show. And that was the one that I was pulling my hair out, and not quite sure. Because nine out of ten times I'll walk into a scene and go, okay, we're gonna, we'll do this, we'll do this, and I'm willing to change things a little bit, you know, quickly if the lighting is better for you know for purposes of lighting or for purposes of other things. But um, that was one where I kind of threw my hands up and just you know was humbled and just said, um, I think I have an idea of how to do this, but and it was pretty close to what I thought would work. Um, but, uh, yeah, that worked out good. And then, you know, we had visual effects because we're supposed to make, you know, Lucifer disappear and morph. And so we had a lot of work to do that day, but it went really smooth. And in regards to blocking, going back to the first thing you see with Dean and Bobby and Lucifer and Sam, was the, the fact that Sam is sitting and Bobby and Dean are standing, was that something you yeah. would block? Yeah, well, through that whole episode, um, it seemed like it, it, you know, you uh, psychologically, whether somebody's standing and looking down at somebody or sitting and looking up at somebody, it's you know, it's a it's a position of power, it's submissiveness, it's all those things that you know, again, aren't in the script, but that's hopefully what directors do is you you know you block a scene with these things in mind. So I sort sort of sold Jared on the idea of being you know weak. Um, you can see you know after after um, when they leave. Um, after uh, they, leave, they leave Crowley's place, he's kind of walking, you know, he's dragging behind the guys. And then when they come work running in to watch um, Cass sink in the lake, he's sort of the last one in line. And he's kind of, you can tell he's a little uneasy on his feet. Um, so, you know, I kind of sold Jared on the idea of, you're, you know, you're weak, you're tired. So through most of this episode, I want you to be sitting. So we see him cleaning guns. We see him, you know, putting his gun back together, we see him with his laptop. He, so he's sitting a lot in this episode. But, yeah, it was just to put him in a, in a place of submissiveness where where he didn't, I mean, you know, we have all met him. He's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so it's not it's not hard for him to be dominant. And so to have him seated a lot and have everybody looking down on him uh, felt like the right thing to do. That, that scene when, it's, I think that scene right there, just a little moment in that scene right there is probably my most, favorite one in the whole episode when Dean asks if Sam is seeing Lucifer right now and yeah. when Sam's eyes and he just nods yes and the look in his eyes and the little nod and yeah. it was just it just broke me it was just so heartbreaking yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the, that last line where he goes, you know, he's not real, and, and Sam looks at him, he's just about to cry. I mean, I was back on the monitor, you know, like a blubbering idiot, because he mm-hmm. goes, you know, he might say the same about you, or he says he says the same thing about you. That was mm-hmm. so great. I mean, that worked great, and um, and I loved, you know, yeah. Jim was just kind of leaning in the doorway, and so when we did that thing where he says, are you looking at him right now? I had Jim lean out and look into his kitchen like, you know, like it was like a, a, a moment to give you, give him, you know, as much as this guy's been through as a hunter in his life, the whole idea of this, you know, demon sitting there in invisible Lucifer in his 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 living room or kitchen kind of you know gave him the chills. Um, so yeah, that that worked out great. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because it just goes to show you how good 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 actors those guys are because you know, 30 seconds before Jared delivered that line, and two seconds after I said cut, it, it, we were right back into fart jokes and, and you know pulling each other's <laughs> pants down. So you know, it, it just goes. To show that these guys are so they're so great about turning that stuff on and off, and and uh, so uh, yeah, that's what makes it so much fun to work with them because when when we need to get it done, it, it gets done, and there's never 
there's never a time when I feel like I haven't gotten anything that I needed 100% out of any of those guys. They're that good. Mm-hmm. There was another great, I, I love that scene too. It's, it's, you know, he says the same thing about you. There was another great scene when Bobby's asking Dean, how how is he? You know, and yeah, yeah. sure, you're fine. And it's a, there's just a, it's just a really pretty moment, uh, Dean sitting at Bobby's desk, and it must have looked like, maybe it was meant to be like golden sun coming out. It's really like beautiful. Dean looks so gold, like like fall kind of. And then they have yeah, we're, yeah, we're just a couple of yoga line. I'm sorry. No, that, that's right. Yeah, it's when he sits back down. He says, uh, you, "What do you want to do? Couples yoga, or you want to go catch the big mm. bads?" Yeah, it yes, was. Yeah. He's supposed to be looking at. Yeah, he's supposed to be looking at a computer monitor, but I think the uh, the, the table lamp sort of that that warm glow mm-hmm. sort of overpowered it. Yeah. And um, yeah. typically, I would have felt like in my gut. I, I think I, I might, and I might have brought this up. It feels like it should be like the, you know, that CRT glow because we had. I mean, that old computer is like on its last legs, and um, but no, I mean, I, you're right. I think we blocked it out. We saw how how warm and beautiful that light was, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, speaking of lighting, and in, in, in also in Bobby's house, when we did the whole uh, fire poker scene, where where um, you know he's yelling, you know Sam's yelling at him, well, if I'm real, why don't you just shoot me now? Blah 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 blah. You know, I intentionally wanted to put him in two different rooms because we knew we wanted to get that shot of you know Jim's point of view as he comes in and clearly sees that you know Sam is is yelling at nothing, you know his bag lady moment, and um, the way Serge lit it, without I mean it wasn't I didn't even give him any kind of you know notes about that because i you know I, I don't need to and so i noticed when we started blocking it and, and with the real guys um mark pellegrino being in that other room in the living room he has like this dark or well just more of a it's darker plus it's it's like a red orange glow around him you know backlight and side light, side lit and then sam in the kitchen has sort of more of a bluer cooler light you know it's sort of like heaven and hell it's like you know Lucifer is, is in the flames of hell. I mean, it's all symbolic, and it just kind of works on on your on you psychologically. It's like the same reason you have an actor sit down or stand up in a scene. You know, it's not called out in the script, um, but that's again, that's sort of the fun that that you have as a filmmaker sometimes. Um, but uh, that's if you watch that scene again with the fire poker, it's uh, it's really really worked out great. And. Um, mm-hmm. I loved I loved how it, he you know, he puts it right through Bobby's chest or you know, right through his solar plexus and he doesn't even flinch. It was really cool. That was all scripted. Um, mm-hmm. We had a good time with that scene. Um, I also like the little exchange between Dean and Bobby where um, Dean has kind of said, you know, I'm fine, and Bobby says, well, I'm here, and then he calls him an idiot, and both. Dean and Bobby give this little, like, half a smile, even though they can't actually see each other, where it's right. like, you know, they're insulting each other, but they know how, how fond of each other they are. I thought that was a really, really nice moment. Exactly. Well, that, that's what you do with your family. Um, you know, you say the, the meanest, hateful things to each other, but, you know, you know it's not personal. But, um, and, you know, you it is always kind of tongue-in-cheek when you insult somebody in your family because it's like, look, we're not going to stop being family, so... Um, and you know, I, I and I always refer to to Bobby as Uncle Bobby, whether he's blood or not, or you know, um, 
it's still the closest thing they have to, you know, a, a father figure right now. And uh, so, yeah, I, that was sort of it by by design as well. And I, and I don't even know if it was in the script, but it's certainly something Jim did and, and Jensen did naturally. And it's like, yeah, we got to keep that. That's great. The fact that you guys can't see each other, but you're both sort of having the same exact feelings at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching to a completely different scene, uh, the when the little girl is wa- is watching the commercials and learning how the world is mm-hmm. through TV, of course, like all children do, and um, <laughs> the the voices for the commercials, um, it sounded like Ben Edlin maybe doing the one for the Doctor Sexy. Was was that Ben? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, that was all that was scripted. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing about the solar eclipse and then, um, um, come to Biggerson's, the pie bar where it's like a salad bar except with pie. And then, and then the, it gets into the, the clip from Dr. Sexy where she gets the idea that you can go to a, a, you can eat for free because people can cut body parts and organs out of people at this thing called a hospital. Um, I, you know, that, all that there's usually we call that loop group, which is like after the fact, um, there's, uh, you know, in sound design, once it goes down, you know, down, it's getting being cut in uh, at Warner Brothers. They, those are voice actors that they hire. But you know, maybe they did. They could have been. They could have been any. I don't know who who it was that did it. But you know, the idea is it's supposed to be like you know your typical um, commercial for Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun, and you know, it was a tough scene to do because I couldn't, I could never cut to the TV. They they put one shot of the solar eclipse in there in post, but other than that, I never shot the TV. So I just had to get a variety of shots of this little girl in her room. So something big and wide, something you know, tight, uh, and also you know we kind of did a, a slow dolly over the top of the TV, but I could never cut to the TV. So um, it all had to play in voiceover, but uh, it worked good. And you know she got that that evil little smile at the end. Um, she was great, Olivia, 11 years old, and very talented. Mm-hmm. She was able to do that creepy little girl thing really well, but without being over the top. Exactly. It's a fine line. You know, it's like, to me, I mean, I remember the original Omen was so great because the boy did very little to act evil, but he bought it 100%. Um, Yeah, it was just those tiny little, like, half smiles that she did, you know, when she first drinks the water and she looks up at her big brother. And uh, that was the joke that we said when, you know, when she was in her room by herself watching TV, we thought, well, where's the rest of her family? Well, she just ate them. They're probably down, you know, in, in, or they were in the living room, and now she just ate them. Um, because, you know, pretty soon after after she was infected with the black ooze, she probably um, got hungry, as they say. So, um, yeah. <laughs> who was who the actress that played the head nurse? She looked really familiar. Uh... I can't remember. She she was also cast before I got up here as well because she shows up obviously in the next episode in the hospital. Um, even though she basically becomes a Leviathan, you see one of the swim team guys becomes her, um, takes over her body. Um, and I can't remember. I think her name's Lori. Um, I think Triola or something like that. But I think she's she's got some pretty decent credits. I, I think we talked a little bit. I think she had worked on soap operas or something. So. Um, well, no, I've definitely she, seen her in something. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and Kim Kim Rhodes, I thought did phenomenal. She's 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 so good and easy to work with. It's it, you know for me it just makes my job so much easier because it's like all right, I know whatever I need out of Kim I'm gonna get, and I, and Cameron was great as Dr. Gaines. Um, 
so yeah, that, all that all that stuff was great. All those days that we shot a lot of the hospital stuff at, at Riverview Hospital, I didn't even have the boys. I mean, I, on, on my episode, I think like Jared only worked four or five days of that episode because um, we had so much of that 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 stuff. You know, all the all the second well, they, well not really second unit, but we had uh, um, a, ton, a ton of stuff at Riverview and uh, and even the um, the scene where. Uh, Edgar gets infected where he's working on his, his uh, muscle car. You know, all that stuff doesn't require the boys, so um, we had a lot of that. And for Kim, you know, her scenes, she's a lot. She's on her own a lot for her scenes, and she really, really yeah. does a phenomenal job. Yeah, and in, and in, you know, one of the most uncomfortable things to, you know, wardrobe, piece of wardrobe you could be in that, you know, hospital, silly hospital gown. Yeah, we had, a, you know, the end of that act when she passes out and drops out of frame, I had a shot of her hitting the ground, you know, gently, but she hits the ground and a big saline bag you know, flop, flops right in the foreground of, the, of between her, you know, her and the camera. Um, but, you know, we got, we, we, we cut out, you know, it's, the show runs long, so stuff has to get edited out. So that was one of them. It was one of our uh, sacrificial lambs. Is there but anything I'm, I'm else saying, you, you know, noticed? I, I, what's that? I was just going to say, was there anything else you noticed that was cut out that you kind of missed a little bit, like, oh, oh too bad, I understand, but, oh, too bad, that had to go, yeah. or... Not too much. They're, the scene where, um, where, the, where in the warehouse, where they, where Lucifer finally disappears, like, Sam realizes that my pain is real, and he's not, and he kind of fuzzes out and goes away. The, there was an exchange there where Dean gets the gun away from Sam, and then, um... And then I think once he real once he sees that that Sam has put two and two together and that the pain is real and Lucifer's not, he hands him back the gun, and it's right around when Bobby calls them on the cell phone, and, and so um, I think we just cut that little section out, but it was kind of a nice little exchange that the guys worked out. You know, I'll grab you know because because Jensen said I'll grab with my right hand, I'll grab your left hand, squeeze the the, the wound once. And then with my left hand, I'll I'll get the gun away from you, and then I'll I'll have possession of the gun, so I know you're not going to shoot me. And then um, once you know Bobby calls or whatever, I think he slowly hands him the gun back with his left hand into Jared's right hand. And then uh, and then they probably exited the frame, but we we just cut out of it quicker, so they probably um, took that little gun exchange out. But it came out easily because I didn't I didn't notice it till after. I was like, oh, that seems a little bit longer, but. You know, a few little lines got changed, but uh, or shortened. You know, like taken out. But you know, again, it's nothing that affected the uh, final outcome. So that's a good thing. Uh, what, what was the direction you gave Jensen uh, while he's Lucifer as Dean? And it's a really uh-huh. subtle progression to where you're noticing that this is not Dean. What yeah. was the direction you had given him for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jensen and I agreed. Um, it's a fine line there. I think the first scene we did like that was um, when they're driving, when he says something about, you know, um, and I think they cut a line out of there too. There was a little line in there where he says, um, what do you want me to go to therapy? And he's like, I'm just, you know, I can't remember the dialogue now, but I think that was the first scene we shot where it was Jensen as Lucifer. And I thought that was, you know, we found a good level that made sense. And I said, all right, you know, so we'll stick with that anytime, you know, because we, we knew we had the scene in Bobby's house when he comes and picks him up and takes the beer right out of his hand. Um, which was scripted. I mean, it was it was funny because you know I was looking for things to subtly distinguish that this is something that's, that 
that Dean would never do. And, um, you know, the, the beer thing was, was one that, that was scripted, but I don't think, you know, Jensen's that good where you really don't have to, you know, he, he knows where that, that, that line is where it, it becomes over the top and, and will call attention to itself. And the idea is, you know, as soon as, if he comes busting in and he, you know, changes his voice or he like has a weird look on his face, the audience is immediately going to go, Oh, well, the guy just, you know, Lucifer just turned himself, morphed into and turned himself into what, you know, Dean. So Sam will go with him. Um, but I, I, you know, I hope, I'm sure some people figured it out, but I'm hoping that not a lot of people figured it out until they were, you know, he made the morph inside of the, the factory, you know, the warehouse factory. So, um, but yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't too much. I remember it was pretty easy. We just sort of both looked at each other and agreed that, you know, we just got to, you know, police each other on, on, on how, you know, over the top he gets and, and probably less is more. Speaking of that, since we know Sam is hallucinating, Lucifer, how did he get to the warehouse? If you know, if you know, it was it was, it was Lucifer pretending to be Dean driving in the Impala? How was it supposed? Right. To, how was he supposed to have gotten to the warehouse actually? Well, that's why we did that shot of uh, when Dean looks down at the uh, GPS and he goes, "Oh, this can No, Dean is driving, um, looking at Sam's Jeep. You know, looking at. Uh, because he turned the GPS on in Sam's phone. So he's looking down, he goes, oh, this can't be good, and we get that shot of him pulling up to the warehouse. And he pulls up past Bobby's van, and Bobby's van, the door is open and the lights are on. And then, and so, yeah, so and that's right before he comes into the, the warehouse and sees, you know, that, that uh, Dean's in there. Or Sam, Dean comes in, sees Sam alone, but, of course, we know as an audience that he's, you know, that Lucifer's gotten in there. So that was that was the, the way to do that, and then um, when they pull up at the before that, when um, when they pull up at the at the where you see the people in the window of the office building, you mm-hmm. see, you know, that clearly Dean gets out of the front of the car and walks around the you know the nose of the car, and and you see um, Sam look at the the Impala keys in his hand. Like how did I get these keys? But again, we didn't put too much credence on it. You know, you don't want the, you don't want it to be too much of a red flag. Well, I didn't um, even so notice that was, the second watch. On the the van. I didn't notice that when you know Dean gets out and it's a it's a smooth transition to Sam holding key car keys. And yeah. And I didn't catch it until the second time I watched it. It was just so smooth. Yeah, because he. Yeah, because I think if Sam gets out, I mean, I think Jared, you know, just said, well, let me just pocket the keys, and then I, you know, I won't make a big deal of it, but I'll just look at them like, how did I get these keys? You know, Dean just drove. How did I get the keys? But then, you know, you just kind of shake your head and, and move on where, where you know, if you, if you if you make too much of a big deal of it or a big giant insert of it, then it then it starts calling attention to itself. So you want all that stuff to kind of hit you after the fact. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the van out there, we tried not to make it too big a deal. That's why we pointed it away so the the headlights are 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 on the on a wall instead of you know right at the camera. Um, so that was subtle. But yeah, it's it's funny because when you you know when you read these things and you shoot them, you go, man, this is. I hope this is going to make sense. And then you know you shoot it, and you go, okay, you know everybody you know kind of agrees, yeah, well this is the way this makes sense. Um, and then you know you hope it 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 carries on. Through the through the edit and through you know the first viewing of the you know final product. I def I did notice the van and I remember seeing 
Sam holding the car keys, but I, I didn't put the two and two together until just then. So yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad I asked the question. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I read the script over and over and over, and it wasn't until we shot the scene where um, they come out to the, the – they're looking for Bobby in the um, junkyard. And uh, Dean says it wasn't until he, I read, I heard him read it for the first time, where he goes, he calls him, and you know, it's a, it's the message. This is Bobby Singer's private line. If you call this, you know, um, you should not have this number. And he's leaving him the message, and he says something to the effect of, um, "You said you'd be there, and you're not." And I, and it wasn't until I heard that that day when we shot that that I realized that there was the line um, where he goes, "I'll, you know, where Bobby's in the kitchen saying, I'll, I'll be here." Like I always, you know, like I, yeah. So it was funny. So I mean, however many times I read it, I didn't put that those two lines were sort of linked, and it wasn't until we shot it that I went, oh, subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, go ahead. That's no, okay. Go ahead. Okay, you said that the hardest scene to shoot for you was the warehouse scene. What was the most yeah. fun scene to shoot? Um, you know, I mean, the, the just because it's it's a, it's a set that everyone's very comfortable with, or they used to be comfortable with. Um, some of the stuff in Bobby's house. Um, I mean, you know, I guess any stuff, any of the stuff in the kitchen or, and or, you know, the living room is is usually pretty pretty simple. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Riverview stuff was 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 pretty cool too because you know it's a it's a real hospital. So you sort of get inspired by the fact that it's it's uh, you know you can't move any walls or you know if you can move a wall, it's usually um, something you know part of the set that we built. And um, but yeah, all that all the Riverview, all that stuff went pretty 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 um, smoothly. And to, you know, we did a scene where um, you see Dr. Gaines take out. Um, Pulling this Mrs. Hackett's liver, and Toby made us this really great liver out of like gelatin and marshmallow, because Cameron really bit into it. And he really ate it. Um, we couldn't show too much of it because we did, we wanted to disguise the fact. We wanted to show the the Leviathan mouth later in the show, but he built up a pretty cool uh, fake liver. And then somebody asked me about what what the black ooze was. And I wasn't quite sure of the, the, the stuff that they used that came out of you know, Misha's head and all that, but when the little girl drinks from the water fountain, that you know we built that water fountain from scratch, and you know our special effects guys and construction, and then they plumbed in these pipes and the black ooze that happened on camera that wasn't a visual effect, so we had like what you know five seconds of real water, and then they pump in our mixture, which basically was very watered down um, cake frosting with. Um, that they put a ton of black uh, food coloring in. So, yeah. and, and you know, because because you know, Olivia's 11 years old. Though, I wanted to, you know, so she wouldn't be. I mean, she was up for anything. But I, I said, well, let me just. They're going to pour a cup for me, and I'm going to drink it right in front of you and tell you tell you what it tastes like. So I take I took one sip, and I go, oh, that's good. That's like full of sugar, isn't it? They go, yeah, it's cake frosting. And she was like, oh, let me try that. So she was very happy to do that um, that gag. I mean, I could have done 50 takes, and she would have been happy. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah. So there you go. As, as evil and as horrible as it looks, it was it was actually very yummy. <laughs> now, oh, okay. The it was a huge, you know, it was a huge thing. You know, Bobby's house burning down. Bobby's house has been yep. there years. What, yeah. um 
two questions about it. One, what was the um, what was the house that you used to show the burned house? And mm-hmm. two, what was it like on the last day that you filmed in, on that set? Was you know anything done or special or anything to commemorate the last scene filmed there or anything? Nothing too much. I know that Jim was like taking like little subtle things and putting them in his trailer. Like he wasn't going to take them home, but he wanted. He didn't want. You know, he he. They were very special to him. Um, I took a bunch of little pictures of the staircase and you know, little de- a bunch of detail pictures that were pretty cool. Um, but the the actual burnt down house was, and it's not far from our stage, was a house that some people had driven by. They said, you know, this was about a year ago. This house burnt down, and you know, it's not an exact match to what we think. Because, you know, there's a few establishing shots of Bobby's house that have been used through the years, but that, that this house didn't necessarily match. But I said, you know, and Jerry agreed, you know, and, and even suggested, there's a few little architectural things we can do to this house because it already is burnt. So we don't have to match too much. But if we did, you know, we, like, um, nail up a few hubcaps to, the, to you know, the siding in this area, we put a couple, uh, put a gate on it that says Singer Salvage and little subtle things. It, it just might work, and so that's exactly what we did. And then the night we shot it, we just um, had the special effects guys put, you know, just pump a ton of smoke in there, like it was still smoldering, like it had been put out earlier. And we even had a shot that we took out of a, of a fire truck leaving, and the, the guys pass it. But uh, I guess we didn't. We ended up not needing it. But um, and then I think Ivan's team did um, some like um, like red embers. They added some of the redness to make it look like it was still kind of hot, um, and that really pays off at the act opener when you see uh, Dean come out with a book and you know throws it and any sign of him no, and then then they walk to what is, a, is effectively the real junkyard, which is you know miles away from that 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 location. But it worked great. I mean, how how lucky were we to have a, a house near our stage that had burnt down that that. Uh, they let us shoot at. We had an engineer go in there, and he wasn't keen to have the crew shooting inside of it, but we said, you know, aside from, like, a few electricians and a few special effects guys, we're not going to have a lot of people running in and out. They were like, yeah, cool, fine. We can shoot there, no problem. So it worked out really good. Cool. Actually, um, I think if we didn't have that I, house, if, if, that, if that house didn't exist, we probably would have had to do, like, a big visual effect, and, uh, you know, there goes you know there goes the visual effects budget. So um, whenever you can shoot that stuff practical and real, it's always better, and it's it's better for for me, for the actors, for everybody to actually shoot at a real, you know, the real thing instead of like pretending that something exists and, and making it later in uh, you know CGI. Um. So, in this episode, there was sort of a reference to a bigger boss of the Leviathans, and I know uh-huh. I know you can't be specific. But now you're back for episode nine. That was episode two. This is ep- you're back for episode nine. Right. Are, are you like a little bit informed? Or did you get some hints then of what's coming? And now are things making more sense that you're in episode nine? I know you can't be yeah. too specific, but yes. Well, I think I think that's all going to pay off um, right around episode nine or so. You'll you'll a lot of this the Leviathan and and who the big boss and all that's all going to pay off. So. Um, uh, it, and it's very satisfying. So um, I'm, I just I took home with me this weekend. I took at home uh, episode eight that, is, that they're shooting right now, and episode ten, which is the one that mine go my episode goes right into that Bob Singer's directing. Um, so I wanted to read the scripts on either side of mine in case there was something I needed to know from the previous one and something that I should 
be mindful of in terms of episode 710. Um, and there's, yeah, it's very satisfying. It's, it's really good stuff, and I, I feel real privileged that I get to know it before you guys do because it's, uh, it's really good stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We're not surprised. Well, you, uh, can't tell. Um, yeah, you, you, you'll definitely get a lot of good. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you look, it's still early. I mean, we're going to do 23 of these. So um, Leviathans could, you know, who knows in the future what, you know, what, what they have in mind, what Sarah and company have in mind for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're a really cool big bad. Really cool. And founded in yeah. in. Yeah, for, for a bunch bit, of different yeah. re- for a bunch of different reasons, it's it's a great um, sort of nemesis for the boys. So, um, again, you know, take your heroes and send them up a tree and throw rocks at them and see how they react. I mean, that's the best best uh, you know screen screenwriting one hundred and one. <laughs> who decided that Lucifer would be reading the Weekly World News? Uh, you know, it was it was scripted. I mean, that line about I really think Prince was it Prince uh, Prince William picked the right girl. I really did. And, um, and then uh, you know, they then Chris Cooper's team makes up like a mock mock up like tab tabloid type of newspaper. And then um, it was scripted that he's like picking his nails nails with a um, hunting knife. And then I think when he slams it down at the end, that was something that Mark and I talked about. You know, it's a good way to go out. You know, like a good smash cut of him like taking that knife that you know he's using it in a not so threatening way but then you see him spin it over and dig it right into this wooden table um that that scene blocked out well because you know it was it was a real simple way to shoot that where you kind of feel feel him in the background um with with Dean big in the foreground Sam big in the foreground rather um that uh that, that blocked out the shot real easily as for the design of the Leviathan's mouth, like who sat down and really planned that out, how that would end up looking? I think there was some concept drawings. Yeah, I think Ivan and, uh, you know, they got together, you know, you, you throw around pictures. I mean, I think that, that, that set of jaws was, was based on like a prehistoric fish um, or even a fish that exists but lives like, you know, you know five miles below the uh, surface of the ocean. Um, you know, very, very... Um, prehistoric looking and then I think they added those two little tongues or something it happened so quick I'd have to I, I gotta watch it when I get back home and pause it um, but uh, yeah they were, they're effective you know you don't want to show too much but you want to show that you know this is a serious threat and um, these are, these things are not human I think that's what made it creepier too is that you know there are fish to this day that exist that still look like that very protozoic yep. Um, yeah, exactly, and, and I think it was based on all these drawings and, um, that were, or, or the, you know, they, they came up with the original concept, the art, art, you know, design part of it, based on pictures of, of real fish that exist, and also like you know, bone, you know, prehistoric bones that, uh, you know, that they've mocked up that this is what this kind of fish looked like when it, you know, you know, however many millions of years ago. So uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I legitimately flinched each time it w- they did it, no matter how many times yeah, I watched yeah. the episode. <laughs> there was a flinch. Yeah, and, and and last night was the first time I saw it because you know we shot it in a way you know I just had the actors you know put their heads way back and uh, you know Ivan was there and we shot it and kind of gave some some notes about the best way it's going to work, but um, you know I go off and work on other stuff and uh, so 
it was fun to sit and watch it with with Jerry Wanick last night. And, you know, because him and I both were seeing it kind of for the first time with all the effects. You know, the, the completed the completed product, and then that, that was fun. It was good to watch it with him because him and I are looking for different things, and and uh, you know, he, you know, he, he, so much of of what you fight for and all these meetings, and you know, it would be great to have a sign that said this, and it'd be great to do this and this. When you see it pay off, you know. Um, that's fun, you know. So it was, it was good. It was a perfect person, companion to watch it with. Did you get any stuff for the gag reel? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's um, <laughs> there's there's the scene where Dean comes in with the bag of groceries, and uh, Sam's on his laptop, and then Bobby gets up and, and describes the when they 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 get the information about the swim team that um, you know the, was a wild animal attack or whatever with the swim team. That scene is the one I I was talking to somebody about with the metronome, which I'm mm-hmm. praying shows up on the gag reel because I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life because uh, Jared had a a metronome app for his iPhone, which gives like the basic you know. TikTok, TikTok kind of metronome, and um, and without any, I, I didn't know. I mean, we, they rolled on it, rolled sound, and rolled the cameras. I didn't know they were rolling. I just thought it was you know something they were goofing around with. But thank God they did. Um, it, Jensen's hips started moving in time with the metronome, and so Jared, being Jared, starts speeding up the metronome to the point where it became very uh, you know very suggestive. But uh, incredibly funny. And then at a certain point, at a certain point, you know, Jensen has to leave the, ca- the counter after he puts the groceries down and look, walk forward and look at the computer. And of course, as soon as he left the safety of the counter, his entire body started, you know, work, working in time with the metronome. So it's very, it's really funny. I'm praying they put it on the, uh, the gag roll because it, it was, it was great. Oh, cool. You'll never, you'll never do that. Put it this way, I can't hear a metronome now for the rest of my life without like howling hysterically. Um, metronomes are now a, a source of extreme comedy to me now. <laughs> well, the gag reels on the DVDs average like from seven to twelve minutes, and I always think that's not enough for this show. The gag reel could easily be half an hour <laughs> or more. Yeah. Well, they they were all the guys were saying by the time we finished my episode, the third episode of the season, they had enough to fill up, you know, one. I mean, they had enough gags for the the whole season, so you can imagine what twenty three, you know, twenty three episodes times eight or nine days an episode. I mean, that's you know a lot of opportunities. So uh, yeah, we'll see. And, and um, I'm sure there was other stuff that I I can't remember just because the metronome thing was so funny. Um, <laughs> they could but, tell yeah, us gag reels and. Yeah, you're well. guaranteed to get. Yeah, you, 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 at least once a day you have something that's gag worthy, you know, gag reel worthy. <laughs> so um, the, the the poor uh, assistant editors have a, a, a hard, you know, have a tough job figuring out what to, you know, put aside. Mhm. So, yeah, yeah. So I hope, I hope that shows up. You've now um, you've done you've directed three. What, four? Four so, four so far, right? Uh, yeah, over Asylum, the course of the, of the whole show, yeah. Asylum, Family Matters, Frontierland, and this one, and then you have one coming up. Yeah. Out of you know, out of all of them, which one has been the most challenging one to direct? Uh, 
I don't know. You know, Family Matters had a lot of little things that were, you know, because I got back into the fold. Um, you know, after a day, though, I was, like, accepted as family again. It was no big deal. I mean, Asylum was so long ago, it's hard to remember. Um, and it was it was before the show kind of, you know, had a huge audience. So um, there was no, you know, it was it was, it was all new to everybody. And I think, I think Asylum was, like, episode nine. So it would have been, what, exactly six years ago. Um you know, it, it wasn't, in hindsight, it wasn't um, a tough shoot, and we, we shot the whole thing in eight days. But Frontierland, just because we were way out in Maple Ridge, and it was, you know, rainy and wet, muddy, um, logistically, that might have been the biggest challenge for the whole, you know, the whole crew. But, um, uh, you know, looking back on it now, it, uh, it went a lot smoother than I guess I thought it was was going to. Um, we didn't have any extremely long days, and uh, it, it was, uh, you know, and it turned out great. I mean, uh, um, I'm so happy with that. The look of, of Frontierland is uh, something I'm going to be proud of for a long time. It's it's definitely one of the best episodes, and and not because you're on the show, and not because, you know, I'm not totally trying to kiss your ass or anything, but seriously, your episodes <laughs> always always turn out to be the best one. Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, it's uh, it's 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 fun. I mean, if if there's if there's anything to be said for like chemistry and uh, enjoying yourself, it's not to say that that movies that were really tough to make and with you know complete you know, you know, you know, there, there's some directors that were remain nameless that make big feature films that I you know I've worked with and I've heard all the stories if I haven't worked with them about what horrible human beings they are and there's some big movie stars that are horrible, but yet when the movie comes out, it's great. So you go, okay, well, um, you can't necessarily say that the shooting experience being a bad one makes for a, a bad movie, but I, I seem to believe that if you enjoy yourself and have a good time making it, it, it that hedges your bets that odds are that the finished product is going to be a good, you know, good product, you know, a good episode. I mean, that's just my personal belief and, and, um, and hopefully, you know, if you look at the, the, the episodes I've done, and, and I, don't, I don't think they're any better or any worse than sort of the the, the rest of the episodes that, that, I mean, how many have they done now, 130-something or more? But um, but there's definitely, like, I, you know, I trust the guys and have a blast with them and really um, just adore them as people and, and, as, and as actors that, you know, you don't get much better. And I remember saying that on Asylum. Just going, holy shit! These guys are the real deal. I mean, oh man, oh man! I mean, this is like this is a new level of uh, professionalism. And you know, this was six years ago. Um, but but uh, you know, and I think they they trust me and like me, and and you know, I, I hang out with them on the weekends if they're if they're up here. I mean, it's like there's not the professional and the personal relationship I have with with those guys, including Jim and, and Misha and. and uh, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not fake. It's not, it's not anything that I have to force myself to do. So, um, that can be, that maybe is the only thing that, that, uh, that, I, that, that, that I could, I could see, you know, find a correlation between the episodes being, you know, enjoyable and, and, uh, but who knows? I mean, uh, it, it all comes down to like your script a lot of times because I've certainly been on shows where I've gotten a really good script and turned in a great episode and then I get invited back, and I don't necessarily get a good script the next time. And you know, they say you know that that, that it doesn't it doesn't influence. I mean, you know, like if you have a bad script and the episode turns out not, you know, it doesn't turn out to be one of the better ones. 
they say that you know the director never really gets blamed for that kind of thing, but you do because you're you're the guest. You you are it's guilt by association in the old term. You're only as good as your last success um, comes into play. So uh, and all you can really do, I always say, the best director in the world can't do two things. I, I can't make a bad script good. I can I can try. I can help you know and, and make suggestions. And I can't teach someone to act. So if you have a great script and you have great actors, um, that's uh, that's 90% of the battle. But what I mean by I can't teach someone to act is you you have to have a certain amount of talent to as an actor to to do what needs to be done. And a good actor will be infinitely adjustable. In other words, if I we you know do take one and I think he's got to be angrier, I you know I have to suggest and I have to nudge them in that direction. And if you don't have the experience and the craft and the chops, you can't be directed to get angrier because you you just don't have a range. Um, subsequently, a lot of times I'll you know have a nice you know right where I want it, and I'll say to an actor before we move on, I'll say give give you one that is take out all the humor. I know it's a funny scene, but take out all the humor. Maybe you know I'm not saying it's the right way to go, but it's certainly something different. And so if an actor can do that, like you know at the, at the quickly, you know, and has that ability to adjust, well, you know, that's that's craft. And that's something that the best director in the world can't teach someone to do. All I can really do like a conductor is is try and, you know, push people in a direction. You know, it's like a good conductor can't play the oboe or the, the timpani or the flute or any of that stuff, but he sort of knows where it's going to work best, when to bring it in, when to take it out. And so a lot of times the director, that's all you're really trying to do is conduct and just uh, sometimes you got to get out of the way and just let the musicians go. And uh, knowing the difference between that, I think, helps uh, helps make for a, a good experience as a director. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have to take a sip of water now. <laughs> and I know nobody can answer me, but... Yeah, another water. I know nobody can answer me in the audience, but... Um, and anybody that's going to, or I guess not answer me, but anybody that's going to the Chicago Con, make sure to come over and say hi, because I'm going to be there for like 24 hours. So don't let me leave without saying hi. Well, I'm I'm one. I'll be there, and I will see uh, you. Oh, all right. That's great. Killer. Definitely. Yeah, and, I, and now a bunch of I hear that the karaoke is going to be on Friday night. Is that true? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. And, I uh, may or may our, not. Our, our, our Richard and Matt are doing the '60s thing again, so. Oh no. <laughs> with, yeah, with the um, with the, poly- the polyester uh, suit that doesn't breathe, he was like he was like sweating buckets in uh, Vancouver. Yeah. It's very funny. Yep. <laughs> yep. We got Richard and Matt hosting again in the '60s. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm going to try and come in a day early for uh, some other business I have in Chicago, and then in that case, I'll be there Friday. But um, if not. I'll probably get in Saturday afternoon and then take back off for uh, LA on Sunday afternoon. So, um, but uh, yeah, everybody that's going to be there, definitely come. Make sure you uh, you you find me. Absolutely. How do you? I, it's, it's you and a thousand of your nearest friends at the at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, I mean, look. I you know the the one that was in LA. I guess in February, that was the first experience I ever had at any kind of convention like that. You know, Cliff was, you know, invited me down. He says, hey, you know, you guys, you got to check this out. It's just crazy. And I, you know, I, I guess, you know, just 
naively assumed it was like going to be a hundred people in folding chairs and oh. asking questions. And I, I was oh, absolutely no, no, no. floored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I know. And then <laughs> yeah. based on that, I, based on that, uh, and meeting some of the, the organizers at the, at creation, and they invited me to the Nashville one, which uh, was a blast. And then, uh, I just happened to be here for the Vancouver one. Cause I was up here doing secret circle anyway. So that worked out good. And then, um, they invited me to Chicago. So I'll see everybody in Chicago. Who's going? Great. Speaking yeah. of Secret Circle, when did your Secret Circle episode air? You know, it was it was shot as episode six, and I believe episode three aired Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, so in three weeks, does that make sense? Um, yeah. So I don't know the exact date, but it, 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 if if the third one just aired, then it'll be in three, you know, three more, sh- or you know, it's the third one after that. So, uh, got sometime in October, I'm assuming. But uh, it was, that went well. I mean, uh, it's a new show, so there's sort of those those teething pains of a new show. Um, but I think uh, I think they've got potential, and I think uh, if if they get uh, um, some momentum going in the next couple of weeks, they'll, uh, they'll they'll do a whole you know get a full season order. I hope they do. It's, good. it's a bunch of great people. I mean, the the, the crew is almost ninety percent, I think, from um, Smallville. So a lot of them had worked together for ten years. So it's a pretty well-oiled machine there. And uh, and I had worked with Thomas Decker before, one of the stars of the show. On uh, he was John Connor on the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So him and I already had a little working relationship. So uh, we'll see, we'll see. Best of luck to them or any anybody on CW. Best of luck because um, uh, it's tough getting the show on the air and getting it, you know, getting ratings, getting the back nine for your to fill out the full season, getting a second season. I mean, it's like a, uh, it's 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 not easy. The odds are against you every step of the way. So any any show that gets going, you know, it's uh it's almost a a real life miracle. Hmm. The CW seems to have really sunk their teeth into you. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's a Warner Brothers thing or um uh, or or you know, I'm not complaining. I mean, I, I I like a lot of the stuff that that they're doing and. Um, uh, you know, because after I finished this, I'm, I'm after the Chicago convention. A couple of days later, I start Ringer, which uh, you know is is again another sort of um, interesting show that I'm really intrigued by and, and, and excited to, to get started on. And uh, it was created by two uh, former Supernatural writers, right? Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and then and then uh, they have be coming back right at the end of the season. For episode 722 of Supernatural, so that's uh, that's all really something cool to look forward to in the middle of March. Clarity. And then between between Ringer and, and that, I'm going to do in January. I'm doing an episode of a show called Southland, mm-hmm. which is sort of back to my roots, which is like a cop, you know, cops on the streets, procedural, and um, you know, my my mentors I, are the guys guys that got that started, and I'm excited to go work with them again. I love Southland. That's an awesome, awesome show. Beck is is that yeah. someone I should deal with? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for Hello. calling in Winston's Radio. Who is this? This is Jim from <laughs> Chicago. Oh no, Jungle Jim. <laughs> I have one question for you, guy B. Why'd you cut uh, your hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, who does my hair? No, why'd you cut your hair? 
Oh, what a comment. Oh, God, I don't know. Because at a certain point, I, I get sick of being called uh, Sean Cassidy, David Cassidy, or some mop head from the 70s. I, you know, you just get sick of it. It gets in your, gets in your eyes a lot. But, uh, okay. So how'd the, how'd, the show, how'd the show do last night, Jim? How'd we do? Uh, you know, another solid number for the CW, so everybody should be happy on Monday morning. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I, I, you know, I saw, I watched it with Jerry, and uh, we, uh, we, we were enjoying it, so um, that's good. Well, awesome. Well, it was a great show, great job, and uh, we look forward to more and more uh, episodes with you, Mr. B. Yeah. Well, Thursday we start seven oh nine, start shooting. It's uh, another good, another great Ben Edlund script. Um, um, again, you know, it's it's like I talk about, you know, the scripts like going to, you know, going and buying a lottery ticket, and so. I'm batting a thousand this season so far, so uh, no complaints for me. Well, you know, we say it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. Uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> very true. <laughs> well, listen, guy, you know, you make my job very easy, and we're glad to have you around so often again this year. So uh, best of luck with the radio show today, and we'll uh, I'll catch you Monday morning for the tech. I'll survey. see you Monday morning. Yeah, we're okay. going to get in the big uh, giant, big giant tour bus and uh, go run around all the locations, tech scout. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll see you then. All right. Take care, guy. All right. Thanks, Jim. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye. Well, there you go. Executive producer Jim Michaels. (laughs) Cool. Um, Always, always a blast. We, we, you know, we again. It's like, it's like I say about a lot of the guys on the crew and and in the cast. It's like uh, we're you know we all speak the same language. We have the same sense of humor, and so it it's uh. And, and, our, and everybody's heart's in the right place, in the same place, which is we just want to make the show as kick-ass as possible, and keep it, you know, from week to week. You, you know, just like, just like, uh, hopefully this season is shaping up to be. Um, every episode is 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 better than the next, and it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And cliffhangers are always fun. I mean, I know they're not fun at the end of, you know, Friday night at 10 o'clock, but um, they pay off. Yeah. The following Friday at 9:01, so uh, that's a fun thing. And uh, as storytellers and filmmakers, that's you know that's what we want to do. Is, is uh, you know, there's nothing better than a satisfying story in, in an audience that just wants more of it. So uh, that's certainly what the uh, supernatural fandom has uh, always been the best at, and uh, it, it's inspiring to to me, especially that um, I get to and, and and humbling that I get to do that, and uh, it's a lot of fun always. All right, who has who has another crazy question? <laughs> oh, um I you so Ben Edlin wrote episode nine. You're like it's like who'd you who'd you make the deal with at the crossroads? My gosh. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. And you know what's funny is is it's complete luck of the draw. I mean honestly, I mean I I would love to be able to manipulate it, but it's just it's that's the way it worked out in fact. When I when I went to Warner Brothers and turned in my cut of 703, I popped my head into the writers' room and I saw Sarah and all the writers there, and, and some of who I knew had known and some who I didn't. And uh, and I said, um, all right, well, I'm excited about 709. And she goes, well, um, uh, 709. She like thought for a second. She goes, you know what? I think you got another Ben Edlund script. So it, it was sort of, you know, he he had been assigned that one, you know, way back then. I mean, because that was probably you know well over four or five weeks ago. So uh so that was that was nice knowing that I had that to look forward to and then uh it's good. It's a lot of fun. You know, I think it's a little funnier than um Hello Cruel World, but it's just as dramatic in some parts. So uh 
you know, again, what we all love about the show is heavy, heavy drama and really funny stuff. And, uh, and, uh, you know, some, some interesting, interesting things are going to go down, but uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder <laughs> if it will have aired by the Chicago convention. So if we can, probably not. Oh God. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to bite my lip again the way I had to, uh, in Vancouver about Hello Cruel World. I couldn't talk much about it. I think it'll, it would end up airing in November. Yeah, I think we're going to miss it. But I know from I know they don't have a long turnaround, like because I think episode nine is the last one before they get a break, according to um, uh, the visual effects guys. So those guys, that 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 team, Ivan and Grant, are just slammed right now because they have all these episodes. You know, they have what I well, effectively episodes four through nine that they're all going to stack up because um, they won't get a break until I think when nine airs. And I'm, I'm not sure it's, 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 it's in the uh, prepping director's office. I can, I can find out tomorrow when I get back to work, but, or no, actually Monday. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll have aired by Chicago, but um, I, I swear I won't spill the beans on anything. Are you allowed to tell the title or would that be too spoilery? You know, I think somebody told me it's already in the IMDb, but but the uh, the title I looked I looked and the title is um, or they told me what it was and it's it's not completely that title it's similar but different. Yeah, it's sort of a twist. Does have a title listed? Um, it does. What, what's, the t- what's the title? How to win friends and influence people. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah how to win friends well, and influence people. It's uh it's it's a it's a variation on that theme, but that's not it. But it's close. And it has no third huh. date, but judging by it should be like late November. Third week of November. Yeah. Not sure. Well look, if if episode two of the season aired last night and they do nine in a row, so it'll be seven weeks, so that's like, you know yeah, sometime, yeah, probably right right around um Thanksgiving or something. Mhm. The uh, yeah, so. uh, television without pity. I'm sorry. Spoilers has that title as season seven, time for a wedding. Yeah, and I think that I think is seven oh eight. Ah, they've got I the think. wrong number on it then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they, I'm not sure where any of those IMDb or any of those people get their information, but you know, <laughs> and sometimes it, sometimes it's right on, and sometimes it's it's close, and sometimes it's way off. So you know, you know, never uh, the the lesson is just never believe 100% any of those because they get, you know, I don't know where they get their info, but you know, it's not always 100% right, but now, they somehow get opening, it. With these three opening episodes and it being pretty much a three-parter that was shot completely out of sequence. Um, was there any conversation between, you know, the, the three directors that did these episodes as far as how to seamlessly come into each episode? Yeah, I mean, you know, like like we were talking about, about that, that first minute of the show last night where Cass leaves and the boys are, you know, like Bobby's passed out and, you know, Dean pops up and goes, you know, he says something about how many ass clowns, how many of you ass clowns are in there. And, um, and then uh, I think Misha's last line is like, "I'll be back for you." That was shot um, by Phil for me, and they called me ahead of time. I was in L.A., and they said, "Look, just it just makes a lot more sense." Um, so, so we talked a little bit about that, and then um, 
I, you know, I ended up shooting a, a whole scene for Jensen because we hadn't built anything at Riverview yet. So we knew that, that there was going to be a scene that, that, that physically Jensen couldn't do because it, you know, there was no set yet built out there. Um, but yeah, we talked a little bit about it and, um, you know, I, I, I told Jensen what I, you know, I read it and I said, you know, here's my plan. And he, you know, he said, yeah, that's great. But, but then again, I mean, I've been in that situation before where, um, you know, I, whatever you kind of like, you know, you, you, you know, I've called directors and said, Hey, do you want me to do this handheld? Do you want me to do this? You know, how do you, how did you see it? And some directors will go, they'll be very specific. And some are like, oh, whatever you, if you think it's good, I'm going to like it too. So, um, so there was a little bit about a little bit of, of kind of talking between the three of us, but not, nothing too big. It's very, very unofficial. A lot of people yeah, I mean, have noticed. A lot of people noticed that um, a lot of different camera angles were on these first two episodes, and like the cinematography is, you know, is a little different. Is is that on purpose for the new season, or? I don't think there's anything anything drastic. I mean, what what uh, maybe people are thinking about? I didn't I didn't use it too much, but. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, we we have the ability now to use a smaller um, HD camera that we can sneak into places we couldn't necessarily put the bigger cameras in the past. Um, so maybe that's, you know, there may be a slightly different look on some shots, but uh, I don't think I used it very much, if at all. Um, so I don't know. I don't think there's anything drastic that they've done because they've been, you know, they switched over from film to digital, God, three seasons ago, so it's been a while. So I don't think it, I don't think there's anything drastic that Serge is doing. Um, I know in 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 the first episode, I don't. Um, there was scenes of like looking at Bobby's kitchen from different angles than we're used to, and you know, different things like that. It was. Oh, just, oh I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times, and maybe they did that um, on um, Phil's episode. A lot of times a set is built, and there's a certain amount of walls that we call them wild that you can just with you know six screws unscrew it slide it off to the side and then you put the camera there instead so basically the camera becomes the, the fourth wall and maybe what they did since in anticipation of Bobby's house you know sort of going away even though like I said you know no, no set really ever goes away or characters ever really go away on Supernatural um, they might have pulled a wall that they had never pulled in the past um, so, so that might have been the case but I, I, I don't think on my episode we did anything um out of the ordinary photographically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I was talking maybe before we went live, I said something about, you know, that was my uh, hello crew world was a nine day episode in which, um, Serge only shot six of my nine days and, and Brad Creaser shot three of them. And it just, it, you know, I don't think you can, you can't discern what, which is which because, you know, their styles are very similar because, you know, they're on the same team all the time. But, um, yeah, it just worked out where where Serge, um, you know, wasn't available for one day, and then he went on a big tech scout with Bob for episode four, um, and then uh, my my second unit day is traditionally always going to be Brad anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I don't think we did anything anything crazy, anything different. Um, what about the credits? Um, Cause they seem like they related to the water and the leviathans and, and it also even related to your um, scene with Misha going in the water and the whirlpool effect. What did you think when you saw the credits last night and your 
Um, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily put the two together, but yeah, I mean, it kind of does make sense if that's going to be the big badge of the season. Then sort of this water theme um, kind of makes sense, even though you know now that now that they're sort of out and they can take over people's bodies. Um, I don't know how much of that water theme continues. Uh, you know, I, I you know because from after after a local world, I haven't read any of the scripts. Like I said, I have episode eight sitting here, but I haven't I haven't finished it. So episodes four, five, six, and seven. I don't know how much of the life and stuff there is, and whether there's a water feed. But um, yeah, I don't know about I don't know too much about the credits if there's any correlation. Okay. Okay. And I have one quick question. Um, after one of your episodes airs, whether it be for Supernatural or anything else, how much um, reaction is do you teach? Do you hop online and read the reactions, or do you just distance yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, once, it's, uh, once it's out there, um, it's silly to, to re-examine it. But every once in a while, somebody will send me a link, and I'll pop on if I've got time to read. Um, there's some, cause, cause a lot of the great, the reviews are really cool and, uh, interesting, but, um, you know, and generally it's, if there's any negative, negative stuff, it's like, you know, sort of, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make sense why somebody would, you know, like a lot of times anything negative, um, it's almost like they're looking for stuff to find to say negative because it almost doesn't make sense to me or, you know, it's, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, once it's out there, I mean, it is what it is. And, um, I mean, hopefully someday in the future I'll get the chance to, you know, be part of a show and create from the beginning, and then I probably would be a little more hypersensitive to that stuff. But, you know, essentially I'm just a, I'm a gun for hire, and I just come in and do what I need to do for my time, and I move on. So um, I don't get too personal with any one show. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, just in the last year, I mean, I'd, I'd say this show I'm the closest to because I've done, I've, you know, doing these multiples, and I just, you know, enjoy it so much. It's not it's not a dumb you know, this is a show that I don't really feel like I uh, I have anything. I, in other words, I can try stuff and I don't get questioned or I can, you know, in other words. So, um, yeah, I mean, if somebody really was, was mean in a review, I guess I guess I would get a little, I don't know. But uh, but people say interesting things to me on Twitter that I'm like, really? That, that's your complaint? Or, you know, like, or, you know, they don't understand. It's like, well. But that's 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 this business in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So, but do you, I know you you tweet a lot. You have a lot, and I think you're one of the probably out of you know out of all the supernatural crew, you're probably the most in touch with the fans. And you know we we just really really appreciate it and everything every. <laughs> All the pictures and hints and everything that you tweet out, we just we're so grateful for it all, and we really, really thank you for everything that you do. Yeah, well, it's you know if I have the time to do it, I mean I'll go days, as you know, sometimes that I just get busy and it's like the last thing I'm thinking about. But um, you know, it, it, because I've got such great feedback and everybody's so nice, it's like well, you know, this is an easy thing for me to a picture to attach or just say something or. Um, you know, as you know, I mean, a lot of social media is just random thoughts, and I try not to say anything that's going to be offensive or political or, um, you know, because there's enough of that negativity in the world. So I always try and put fun stuff or anything that I think other people will be interested in um, that know me. You know, obviously, if there's anything cinematic or, or rock and roll or race cars, odds are I'll put something up if I find it interesting enough. Um, without, you know, having people go, geez, really, another 
picture of a race car guy? Come on. Um. <laughs> I think we're just about running out of time. Yeah, holy cow, look at that. That flew, fly by. that flew by, wow. Mm-hmm. So well, look, I mean, anything anything I didn't answer or any, any questions anybody has, if I have the time, you know, definitely uh, send me a tweet. And uh, or you know tw- whatever, ask and, and and you know if I if I if I don't answer or something or I don't say hi back, it's absolutely nothing personal. It's just sometimes I'll get like twenty things in a row, and I'll just pick like three or four at random. It's 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 completely um, mm-hmm. a, a, a non scientific way of um, re- returning, um, you know whatever questions or or hellos. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm, a, I'm open to uh, any questions that I can that I can answer. I, I will. Mm-hmm. You said you had like some other pictures that now the episode's there. You you could tweet if you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take back through because you know again a lot of those were the end of July and August, so they're way back in my my photo library. But um, oh. yeah, I found that one. I found that one of um, the two um, trench coats, and then you know my being right next to Mark's trailer was funny seeing the Lucifer thing. But I'll, I'll look. There's there may be some other ones that I can I can spill the beans on now. We look forward um, to I think it. I, yeah, I think I got some good junkyard ones. Mhm. I'll dig. I'll dig. I'll dig through. Maybe. Maybe. Uh. Maybe after I finish my laundry here, I'll send some more out. <laughs> so that's my big exciting Saturday: going down to buy a uh, thing of laundry detergent and doing my laundry. Of course, then reading and studying my script over and over. Of course, of course that. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> That'll be exciting today. Reading script eight. <laughs> we, we will get you get back to your laundry and your Saturday evening. We thank you so much for joining us. And thanks All right, so much. Thank as, as, as always, thanks for having me, and um, hope to see some people uh, in Chicago. And uh, if you want to, if you want to find me on Twitter, um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and answer anything I can. Okay, great. And thank you so much, guy. We look okay. forward to having you on on for your next episode, hopefully. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll uh, definitely. Uh, Whatever that is, November or something. All right, everybody have a great night, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you, guys. Okay, bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And thank you, Jim Michaels, for being a surprise guest on there. I think that was great. And for those of you out there, you can follow Guy at at GuyNormanB on Twitter. You can also follow Jim Michaels at TheJimMichaels. Mhm. And Beck, do you want to say thank you about our little intro that we got? Well, yes, we wanted to um, let Supernatural W on Twitter. Uh, we wanted to thank them. They were gracious enough to send us the audio file for this season's um, opening on Supernatural that we're using at the beginning of our podcast. So anybody out there um, on Twitter, you might want to follow SPNTFW. They're a Great site, and they're they're great people, and we really thank them for sending us the audio file. Yeah, and, very cool. And lastly, but certainly not least, uh, don't forget there will be a new episode of Divine the Series tomorrow at the new airtime of 11 a.m. Pacific Standard. That's going to be 2 p.m. for everybody on the East Coast. Uh, everyone else, Google it, because I don't know any other time zones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, definitely tune in for a brand new episode of Divine the Series. DivineTheSeries.com. 
and I notice this is just something I notice on my on my switchboard here. There we've had several callers, and uh, as as I said at the beginning, that we don't take callers, and I, we usually do interviews. And uh, I I have no idea, and I'm really sorry that we didn't put you on. Maybe you didn't hear us say that we don't take callers. Uh, I hope hope you enjoy the show. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, me saying I'm I'm sorry that we couldn't put you on the air, but that's just uh, our standard thing usually for any kind of guest that we have on. We don't take other call-ins. But uh, thanks Thank for you. listening and thanks for your interest. <laughs> Thank you for and, calling. We, we appreciate yeah. your calling. And call in next week yeah. when we don't have a guest. <laughs> yeah, and then we can put you on and we can talk. <laughs> that's, uh, that's even better. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to Uh, just, you know, mainly wanted to let everybody know that about Divine, because awesome, awesome web series. If you haven't checked mm-hmm. it out, you need to do it. It's by Ivan Hayden, the visual effects supervisor for Supernatural. He's the co-creator. He's co-creator is Ivan Kirk Jacques, who is a fight coordinator. Jason Fisher, who also works on Supernatural, and of course Misha Collins. Everybody knows Misha. So, <laughs> great, great series. Check it out. DivineTheSeries.com. Yep, and is there anything else about the episode that you guys wanted to point out or say, or it, maybe I even just, have a directing? It was just amazing. It was one of the best episodes I think we've ever Supernatural's ever had. It was it was just amazing. Yeah, it had everything that we just love about Supernatural, and some stuff you know that. We haven't seen in 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 a while. It, for me, I I love all the brother and relationship things, and there were just so many little things about this about Sam and Dean, and and thinking about each other, caring about each other. The I mean, the whole scene where Dean's basically talking Sam off the ledge and saying, "I I've been to hell. I know torture. This is feels." different, you know, and, and making him, you know, feel that, that pain and and uh, just him, like, you know, checking out his hand and his stitches, you know, we haven't seen them being brothers in a, in a while, and I've missed it, and I was just, just loved it. I, I think, yeah, I think that scene there in the warehouse was probably mm-hmm. one of the best scenes in all of Supernatural. It was just so, so mm-hmm. good. Just, Jensen and Jared both just knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Well shot, well clocked, well acted, well lit, mm-hmm. whole nine. Yep, yep. We got to say thank you, Ben Edlin, for an amazing script and Guy B with amazing directing, and of course everybody, everybody, the whole Supernatural cast and crew are just, just in, incredible. But uh, yeah, Ben really puts it together, and boy, and Guy's next episode is also Ben Edlin and. He dropped enough hints. I mean, nothing specific. I don't have to worry. He didn't spoil anything. But he, but it was enough where I think we're in for another amazing episode with that one, too. Oh, and while I'm thinking about it, I should have thanked Guy when he was on. I didn't think to think of it. I'm so stupid. I wanted to thank him. He has sent us something really, really amazing that we are going to be auctioning off within the next few weeks um, for the American Cancer Society. So you'll want to be watching us for that and for when we post that um, auction up. You'll definitely want to be checking it out. But thank you, Guy, for sending it. We really, really appreciate it. Mm. Cool. Yeah. 
that auction is going to be pretty amazing. And and actually, the our just our you know our fundraiser that just went on, where you know if you donated you and you picked the prize winners, that was awesome. That went way over goal. And thank you, thank you, everybody who donated. Uh, money and everybody who donated uh, prizes and uh, everything is just uh, supernatural fans are the best. They really are. And anybody who's won a prize, the prizes will be mailed out soon. I promise. We're working on it. It's a lot yep. of prizes we have to mail out, so we're working on it. <laughs> yep, uh, definitely. <laughs> I'm one of those. There's something to mail. <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, yep. Hang on, they're coming. And more to bid on. Do we have a date? We don't have to say, but do we have a date for that auction yet? Or not officially. We haven't. haven't, We're still waiting on one big thing. So once we get the word on that, (laughs) then we'll we'll be able to post it. But we do have two big things um, on the way. And there, I will be posting this week. a gracious fan who unfortunately is not able to go to the Chicago convention has donated her Jared photo op and her Jensen photo op for the Chicago convention to for us to auction in memory of her sister-in-law who passed away from cancer. So we Aww. will be we will uh, we will be posting that this week with uh, 100% of the proceeds going to the American Cancer Society. We will be putting those on eBay this week. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very sorry to hear that. And condolences for your loss, and thank you for thinking of, of somebody else in, in a very personal time of your own grief. Thank you. So those of you who are going to the Chicago Con and missed out on getting able being able to get photo ops for yourself, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, because we'll be announcing that. And you get photo ops, and you get to make a difference. Mhm. It's a win-win. Everybody wins on that one. Um, anything else about you know auctions, prizes, stuff going on? We want everybody to know about. Uh, visit us on Facebook if uh, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast. Um, you can still find us on iTunes if you go to WinchesterBros.com. You can click on the Winchester Radio. Uh, logo, you can find us at blogtalkradio.com, media boulevard. Um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Winchester Bros. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're we're everywhere. <laughs> and uh, we, we love it. We appreciate our followers and our callers and uh, all the likes on mm-hmm. Facebook. And spread the word. I do have one thing I wanted to point out. I know a lot of people are really upset. They think, you know, about... Castiel's last scene, and they think it's the death of Castiel and Misha. I want to put out. I don't. I don't think it's the last we've seen of Castiel and Misha. Oh, me either. Not at and all. I that. Never. <laughs> a lot of fans are. Yeah, a lot of fans are panicking, and I wouldn't panic yet. I. I don't no. think that's what you're saying. Mhm. I. Uh, I'm not the least bit concerned. I'm like, I, and I don't know anything. I don't know any spoilers, but I would be willing to bet, you know, something very valuable to me that we have not seen the last of Misha or Cass. And, you know, all we saw was a was a trench coat. And, you know, how, how many times has him and not only him, but other characters been gone and come back? And I, I don't think we've seen the last of him at all. 
think we'll finish you again. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. No panicking yet, so we have reason to panic. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And Supernatural has a has a history of bringing characters back, and and uh, they're never really quite gone. So I wouldn't worry. Not yet. Or not at all. Okay. Co-hosts, are we are we done for this edition of the podcast? I do believe so. We got okay. a, I got a finale of Doctor Who that's in there waiting on me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I still haven't watched last week's Doctor Who because I was I was in a wedding last Saturday night. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening and sending questions. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast with uh, Director Guy B. Hopefully, we'll have him on again if he can work it out for his next episode. And uh, we'll, uh, Becky, Vinny, and I, Clarity, we'll see you here next Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern Time, uh, to talk about episode number three. Also a special episode considering directed by Jensen. So, I guess that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you to our callers, Guy B. and Jim Michaels. We really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Huge thanks to everyone. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Good night.